CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Life is eternal and love is immortal. And death is only a horizon. And a horizon is nothing save the limit of our sight. The limit of our sight. It has nothing to do with the limit of our perception. Therefore, it is not the vision of our eyes that illuminates what lies beyond the horizon. Sometime around six this evening, you hired a cab. I don't remember, Inspector. But the driver remembers you. He drove you to Dr. Bexler's address. Do you deny it? No, I can't deny it now. Why have you come here, Inspector? To tell you that Dr. Bexler is dead. He was murdered. Murdered? By whom? I'm not sure. But I can tell you that you're the best suspect we have. mystery drama, Wine, Women, and Murder, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Robert Dryden. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and ARM, Allergy Relief Medicine. I'll be back shortly with Act One. many stars in the sky as there are grains of sand on the beach. And does it matter? It does to some people, proving that any knowledge, no matter how esoteric, is meaningful to somebody, sometime, somewhere, somehow. Well, no matter what it is, you want to find out. If there's ever been a book published on it, Elias Breckenridge would know all about it. Good morning, Mr. Breckenridge. Oh, good morning, Miss Bexler. I came in uh, because of the sign on your door. Oh, the sign. Well, it says, we'll be closed for holiday. Yes. Well, I'm not aware of any holiday. There's no national one that I know of, even though they've been scrambled about in the most confusing fashion. Yes, that's true. Well, it's my holiday. I shall be away for a week. Oh, you mean a vacation? No, my dear Miss Bexler. A vacation implies a period of freedom from toil. I do not consider my bookshop as an enslaver. Oh, of course. Trust you to put the situation in its true perspective. I am en route to Germany. All the way from California to Germany? In the city of Cologne. Or Cologne, as we might say. Oh, um, is there some purpose, some uh, reason for choosing Cologne? Of course. I'm a member of the International Coleridge Society. Coleridge? The poet Samuel Taylor Coleridge. Of course. The ancient mariner. The best known, but perhaps the least of his achievements. Wasn't he English? Oh, yes, most certainly. Quite essentially English. Well, then it would seem to me... That the society should meet in England. Precisely. It requires no great imagination or originality to honor an English poet in England, does it? 
But uh, why need to honor him in Germany? Because of the Rhine. The Rhine? The river. Oh. Tell me, Miss Bexler, what is the most serious problem facing society today? Promiscuity. Ecology. Reasonable people may differ. Coleridge was the first of the major poets to be truly concerned with the population of the environment. Is that a fact? On a trip to Germany, he could hardly wait to see the beautiful Rhine of song and story. It almost broke his heart. The Rhine? Yes. On close examination, it was nothing but a poisoned and polluted river. Pity. He therefore wrote the famous poem, Cologne, the theme of which is, The river Rhine, it is well known, does wash the city of Cologne. But tell me, nymph, what power divine shall henceforth wash the river Rhine? Beautiful. Yes, he was one of the great romantic poets. He is dead almost a century and a half, and yet he speaks of today. You must admit the romantic poets were all promiscuous. And so we meet to honor one who was not only a great poet, but also a pioneer environmentalist. I dare say. It is not enough for a poet to write beautifully. His words must also be meaningful. I'm sure of it. Well, you said you were going to Cologne, and by the sheerest of coincidences, I have some business in, of all places, Cologne. Oh, do you indeed? Yes, I, I have a cousin in Cologne, a Dr. Carl Heinz Bexler. He teaches at the university. Oh, indeed? Yes. His specialty is molecular genetics. Is that a fact? Well, we have an uncle who died. Oh, I'm sorry. He was 95. Well, even so. In Cincinnati, where he left us a house. We agreed to sell it. Ah, I see. You see, we must get the deed to my cousin somehow. And, uh, well, I, I was thinking... Oh, no, no, it would be an imposition. What would? Well... Since you are going to Cologne. Oh, I should be happy to. Would you? You see, the males can be so undependable. Oh, but it, it would be too much trouble. No, no trouble well, at all. You could place the deed in his hand. Yes, and he could sign it. Well, that's all he has to do. And then I could bring it back. Oh, I, I can't help feeling that I'm imposing. Oh, no, no, well, no. Well, if you're sure. I insist. I keep saying what a... Pity we have so few opportunities to be helpful to one another. What I mean is that we take so few opportunities well, if to... if you're quite sure. My dear Miss Bexler, I insist. My dear Miss Bexler, I write to inform you that I have arrived here in Cologne after a most uneventful journey... I have seen the River Rhine, and unfortunately, Mr. Coleridge was all too truthful. I am about to post this letter to you, and then leave my hotel to visit your cousin and tend to your little affair. I have telephoned. I am expected. Sincerely, Elias Breckenridge. Taxi, are you free? Who is free in this world? Uh, it is comforting to know that German cab drivers are as philosophical as American ones. And you, Herr American, are you out for some fun? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, take me to 71 Schillerstrasse. Is that it? You won't find much fun there. No? Oh, no. 
That is where the teachers are. At uh, the university. That's where they live. Ah, there's, I have the right address. Not for fun. For real fun, I could take your term. No, I suppose it all depends on how you define fun, huh? For me, fun means ladies present. <laughs> oh, I shall be with some ladies later this evening. I misjudged you, Herr American. We have several female members of the Poetry Society. I was right the first time. But if you should change your mind later on, ask at the taxi cab line for Willie. Willie Kellner. Very well. I'll remember. No, somehow I do not think you will. Professor Bexler? Yes, please. Come in. Ah, thank you, thank you. It is I who should thank you. Please, uh, be seated. Uh, a glass of wine? No, never during the day. I made it a rule. Uh, we have a saying here in Cologne. Lies were meant to be spoken. Rules were meant to to be broken. Yes, well... It uh, sounds better in German. And I have a most excellent vintage. Oh, well, a little. I've been looking forward to your fine Rhine wines. Oh, this is imported from California. Cordillera. Uh, you may have heard of it. I prefer it to our own. Uh, please, uh, don't tell anyone. No, oh, certainly not. <laughs> You're very good, Elsa. Mm. Uh, well, so you're a professor of molecular genetics. I have that honor, yes. I am a bookseller. Now that I think of it, I happen to have in my shop the definitive work in your field. Indeed. Well, not that there's much demand for it. It's by Dr. Harrison Peterson. You aware of it? Oh, certainly. I must say that I find his book hard going. Uh, do you know Dr. Harrison Peterson? I imagine you would. Oh, yes. Yes, I do. The field is so small. We are the best of colleagues. Uh, tell me, how well do you know my cousin Maud? Well, she comes into the shop now and then to buy a book. Wonderful woman. Mm. So kind, so concerned with humanity, so sincere. It's ain't that woman. And... Uh, so are you, sir, to uh, perform this kindly act? Most people would not have bothered. Uh, yes, it could be a more cooperative world, I suppose. Let us have a drink to that. A more cooperative world. Oh, no, no, thank you. No more for me. Uh, one has to set limits. But if no one broke limits, <laughs> what would happen to progress, huh? You have a point. <laughs> But the Coleridge Society banquet begins early this evening. Then I must not keep you. But uh, now, uh, you know the way. You must come again. Uh, perhaps you could explain Dr. Harrison Peterson's book. Gladly. <laughs> well, until next time. Oh, oh, I nearly forgot. The deed. The deed? Oh, yes, of course. The deed. I have it right here in this envelope. Where? Thank you again, Herr Breckenridge. And please, visit again soon. Goodbye. Or, or better, Auf Wiedersehen. Well, aren't you going to sign the deed? Of course. 
I thought if you signed it now, I could take it with me. Well, this is a legal document, and uh, I make it a never-to-be-broken rule. Never to sign any legal document until my attorney has read it. Uh-huh. You may say to yourself, uh, this is a simple, small matter of the deed to a house, and my dearest cousin Maud is a woman of the utmost rectitude, yet I... I understand, Professor Bexler. I uh, hope I do not impress you as an overly suspicious type, uh, Herr Bruckenberg. No, certainly not. We have a saying here in Cologne. Make positive before you sign what is yours and what is mine. I understand. It uh, sounds better in German. I dare say. Uh, well, once again, I'll be there then, Professor Bexler. Lebel, Herr Parkenrich. In the of the sacred river and through caverns to... Hello. Did I leave the lights on when I left? Yeah, Brackenridge. What? I, I beg your pardon? Who are you? My name is Cedric Schmidt. What are you doing in my room? I'm with the criminal investigation section of the German Federated Republic. Oh. Well... What has this got to do with me? Some five hours ago, at approximately 6 p.m., you engaged a taxi driven by a Willy Kellner. I'm... I'm not sure I remember. Uh, but he remembers you. An American gentleman he picked up in front of this hotel. Oh, yes, 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 of course. He says he drove you to number 71 Schillestrasse. To the home of a Dr. Karl Heinz Bexler. Do you deny it? Deny it? How could I deny it? Why would I deny it? What is it you want? I've come here to tell you that Dr. Karl Heinz Bexler is dead. Murdered. That's impossible. Unfortunately, it's true. Murdered? When? By whom? When? Sometime around six this evening. By whom? By you. <laughs> Let's see. We were with him during that visit to Dr. Carl Heinz Bexler's home. We didn't see or hear Elias Breckenridge kill the professor. However, we were not with him when he went to the meeting of the Coleridge Society. We only have his word for that. Have we been wrong about meek, mild-mannered Elias Breckenridge? One thing is sure. To be accused of murder when you're a stranger and alone in a foreign country is hardly the happiest of situations. I'll return shortly with Act Two. The Good Samaritan had compassion, as we are told. However, helping one's neighbor can turn out to be a risky business in the end. And it's no one's fault, really. It's just the way things are. Somehow, so many of us, so often, suffer our greatest losses when we're engaged in someone else's business. A case in point. Mr. Elias Breckenridge. Herr Breckenridge? Why am I being kept here in jail? Are you ready to be reasonable, Herr Breckenridge? 
About what? You insist on making these foolish deniers. Confess that you killed Dr. Bexler. But I didn't. Why did you visit Dr. Bexler? I told you. To deliver a document. What sort of document? A deed to a house in Cincinnati. Where? A city in America located on the Ohio River. And? I, I brought it to him and left it there. You left this deed with Dr. Bexler? Yes. And then I said goodbye and went on to the bank. If the... you left this deed with Dr. Bexler... Now what do you if... mean, if? If you left it there, where is it? Where is it? Now, that is my question. At about 6 p.m., you visited Dr. Bexler. At about that time, he was murdered, stabbed to death. Oh, no, no. No, no, I could never You do... say you left the document where none was found. Therefore, none was left. Therefore, you lied about the deed. In some, you visited him for another purpose, to murder him. But why would I want to murder Dr. Bexler? Well, that is the question you must answer. Uh, we have enough proof to go to trial in a court of law. You mean that I'm to be tried for murder? The only mystery is the motive. Why, Herr Breckenridge? Why? Herrick, you... You can't railroad me. I, uh, I'm an American citizen. I demand to see the, uh, the American ambassador. The ambassador? Himself? Well, who, who do you think he is? He's just a servant of the American people, of whom I happen to be one. Mr. Elias Breckenridge? Yes? Well, who, who are you? I'm from the American consulate. You? My name is Victoria Shakespeare. You you don't look like a, a, a consul. I'm not. I have a long way to go. I'm only the third assistant secretary. Oh, I see. I'm not important enough to merit a visit from the consul himself. He's busy negotiating a $20 million trade treaty. What's more important? Justice for a human being? Or money? Now, uh, what do you think I can do for you? You mean to say that I'm in danger of being hanged and the best my country can do for me is to send a third assistant secretary? First, you are in no danger of being hanged. Ah. Oh. Well, then you are going to do something about it. Because there is no death penalty in this country, you'll probably get life. Second, I may be a third assistant... But I have prospects of becoming a first assistant. Well, you must do something. What? We've been presented with the facts in the case. Tell me, why did you kill him? But I told... Uh... Oh, no, no, no. What's the use? It's a nightmare. I find myself in prison, accused of murder that I did not commit. I am abandoned by my country. You still haven't answered the question, why did you kill him? I did... All right. You refuse to help me. You insist you went there to deliver a deed. But no deed or document was found. Someone took it. Who? Whoever murdered Dr. Bexler. But you murdered Dr. Bexler. 
Uh, Miss Shakespeare, please leave me. I was foolish enough to believe that my country would stand behind me. Elias Breckenridge, bookseller. Who does he think he is? Uh, are, are you quite finished with me? I have to make a report. Now, you claim you came here to attend an international poetry conference. And I can prove it. A customer of yours back home, a Miss uh, Maud Bexler, asked you to deliver a document to a cousin of hers here in Cologne, a Dr. Carl Heinz Bexler, who teaches at the university. Yes, that's true. You claim you visited Dr. Bexler briefly, left the document with him, and went on to your meeting. That's exactly what happened. Thank you, Mr. Breckenridge. And now that you've got that information... What are you going to do with it? Why, file it. Of course, Mr. Breckenridge. File it. Ah, Mr. Breckenridge. What are you doing here again, Miss Shakespeare? The consulate has assigned me to your case. Which means what? Which means I have begun an investigation. It's about time. I have been... In... Why don't you start at the beginning? Start with Miss Maud Bexler, who asked me to deliver the deed to... I have already uh... done that. You've already... Yes, Mr. Breckenridge. I telephoned the chief of police back in the States to get a deposition from Miss Maud Bexler. Well, now, now we're getting somewhere. The transcript was sent here by plane, and it arrived this morning. Now then, Miss Shakespeare, this should get us off to the proper start. It will prove that Miss Maud Bexler asked me to bring the deed to Dr. Carl Heinz Bexler. It will prove beyond the shadow of a doubt that I am speaking the truth. Would you care to read the transcript? Oh, it isn't necessary. Well, I'm sure it will be informative. I know what it says. Do you? Here. Now, why don't you look through it? Uh, 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 transcript of deposition given by Miss Maud Bexler to Detective Lieutenant Frank Fremont of the Los Angeles Police on April 17th at 10 a.m. Miss Bexler, are you acquainted with Mr. Elias Breckenridge? Breckenridge? Well, I, I didn't mean to seem... Are, are you saying you do not know Mr. Elias Breckenridge? No, I don't think so. Are you so. saying that you have never been Breckenridge's bookstore? Oh, Oh, yes, yes, I have been there. Did Mr. Breckenridge tell you he was going to Cologne to attend a meeting of the Coleridge Society? No. Oh, we never engaged in any sort of personal conversation. Miss Bexley, did you give Mr. Breckenridge a deed to a house you inherited from an uncle in Cincinnati to deliver to a cousin in Cologne? Lieutenant Fremont, first, I have no uncle in Cincinnati or anywhere else, for that matter. Therefore, he could not leave me the deed of the house. And since I have no cousin in Cologne, I would have no reason to ask Mr. Breckenridge to deliver the non-existent deed for a non-existent house to a non-existent cousin. Miss Bexley, do you have any idea why Mr. Breckenridge should have told such a story? Well, obviously, he's a promiscuous person. She, she's lying. The woman is lying. Why should she lie? Mr. Breckenridge... Is it true that you lose money on your bookshop? Who told you? We've been checking some of your friends and acquaintances. You told them. The bookshop does not make a profit. Well, you can't make money if you want to carry books 
many people won't read. Well, then why carry them? Because they're good books. Deserving books. Who subsidizes your shop, Mr. Breckenridge? Who makes good the loss? Who? Well, I do. But where do you get the money? I have a small income left to me by my mother. Mr. Breckenridge, isn't it true that your bookshop is a front? A front? For what? Why don't you tell me? Miss Shakespeare, I have nothing to tell you. Are you a hired assassin? How can you make such an accusation? Then what other reason would you have for killing Dr. Bexler? Bexler? Hey, see, I was right. Maud Bexler denies having a cousin in Cologne, but there was a Karl Heinz Bexler living here. The name is not an unusual one. Miss Shakespeare, please, someone must listen to me. I'm listening to you. Well, someone must believe me. That's another story. I did not murder Dr. Bexler. I'm afraid that attitude won't get you very far. I see now how unfit I am for modern life. What brings this on? Suddenly, the smooth and even tenor of my existence is disturbed. I am, without warning, flung into a hazardous situation. And I don't know how to cope with it. Mr. Breckenridge, I am suggesting... I am a man of far-flung interests. I have enough information to fill an almanac. Yet, I know nothing that is of any use to me... In this hour of my need. I would personally like to be of assistance. That's very kind of you. As long as there is some hope of your innocence, I am assigned to you. But I am innocent. If you go to trial, I am reassigned to another project. I will have to figure freight rates for the trade deal. It's a most boring task. Uh I can understand that. How can we prove your innocence? Uh, I don't know. Let us accept your word that you did not kill Dr. Bexler. Describe that visit. I've done that at least a hundred times. I... uh, I arrived at the house. It was just about six. He admitted me. Was he alone? I think so. There were no signs of anyone else. And? We had a glass of wine. Yes. And we chatted. What about? Oh, just... Polite conversation. About what? I, I, I don't remember. You came into the house the first thing that happened. He offered me a glass of wine. The first thing you talked about. It, it, it was the wine. What did you say about the wine? Well, he remarked that it, it was a California wine. Here? In the Rhine country? Yes. A white wine called Cordillera. I'd never heard of it. Neither did I. Then what? More small talk. On what subject? His particular subject, molecular genetics. I happened to remark that in my bookshop I carried the definitive work in the field. Yes. I... Oh, I made a mistake. A mistake? How could I possibly make such a mistake? I I never do. What are you talking about, Mr. Breckenridge? Now I know I didn't kill Dr. Bexler. Now I can prove it. Uh, 
a little knowledge is a dangerous thing, what is a great deal? Our friend Elias Breckenridge has come to this Rhenish city of Cologne to enjoy poetry. Instead, he has spent most of his time in prison. Well, there's nothing strange about that. After all, some of the world's greatest poetry was written behind bars. We'll see if we can get him out of there in Act Three. Stone walls do not a prison make, nor iron bars a cage. <laughs> That's a fine poetic sentiment, but it does strain the limits of poetic license. Stone walls and iron bars make the toughest and strongest cages ever made. True, they cannot confine the spirit, but they do a great job of holding in the body. Yes, it's a great philosophy for philosophers, but small comfort for the rest of us. You say you can prove you didn't kill Dr. Bexler? Yes, certainly. How? The man who opened the door and admitted me to the house, the man who offered me the glass of wine, the man who chatted with me, and finally the man who took the deed from me, he was not Dr. Karl Heinz Bexler. He wasn't. You see, I happen to mention that I sold the definitive work in his field, molecular genetics, and I said it was by Dr. Harrison Peterson, and he said he and Dr. Harrison Peterson were the best of colleagues. Well... I never, never, never do this. Oh, the author of the studies in molecular genetics is not Dr. Harrison Peterson. It isn't. No. It's Dr. Peterman Harrington. Well, who's Dr. Harrison Peterson? He's the author of gradation in the southern Sanskrit dialects, a completely different field. Now, why did I get the two mixed up? Surely, if it were the real Dr. Bexler, he would have known the difference. Wait. Yes. I am accused of killing Dr. Bexler. What did he look like? Fortunately, he is still being held here. And this place makes me nervous. Why? Tell me, Morgue. Uh, we shall soon see. Thank you for your cooperation, Inspector Schmidt. You have a slide open, number 32, is it, Dr. Carl Heinz Bexler? Well, Herr Breckenridge? Uh, uh, no. No, he's not Dr. Bexler. But he is. He's not the Dr. Bexler I spoke to. What did that man look like? As completely different from this one as you could imagine. This one is dark. The other was fair. This one has long hair. The other was half bald. Inspector Schmidt, in light of this new development... Could we release Mr. Breckenridge from custody? Uh, so far, I have nothing tangible. We will be responsible for him. Uh... Inspector Schmidt, I must be given the opportunity to prove my innocence. Now, there are two things. First, the man who posed as Dr. Bexler, about 5 feet 10 inches, around 55 years old, light complexion, half bald. 
Does this description seem familiar? I'm sure the inspector will work on it. Yes. Second, Cordillera. It's a white wine. Have you ever heard of it? No. It's from California. Well, then I would have no reason to hear from it. Is it sold here in the city? Well, why are you so anxious to know about that wine? Am I free to go? You are released to the custody of your consulate. He means me. But why did you want to come back here, to Dr. Bexler's place? To look at this wine bottle. What fascinates you about that wine? It's a very small winery in the Napa Valley. I'm sure they don't export. But what's the difference? How did this bottle get here? Someone had to bring it from America. When do they deliver the mail? Oh, about two o'clock. It's just about an hour from now. Let's wait. Uh, may we talk to you for a moment? Are you the new people in this house? Poor Dr. Bexler. Not even cold in his grave. And already the place is rented. <laughs> Well, life must go on. Hey, uh, Dr. Bexler, did he get a great deal of mail? Yeah, I don't know. Did he get much mail from America? America, huh? Well, sometimes I would ask him for the stamps for my sister's little boy. Yes, but did, did, did he get any packages from America? Uh, packages? Oh, yes, yes. Maybe once a month. Some bottles of wine. Wine? Are you sure? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes he will offer me a glass. Wine that came from a bottle like this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. For an American wine. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Wanted to see us, Inspector Schmidt. Yes, uh, please sit down. I uh, have good news for Herr Breckenridge. The tall man who was posing as Dr. Bexler. Yes. His name is Heinrich Moller. He was a hardened criminal. He's dead. Dead? He was shot while robbing a warehouse in Stuttgart. And before he died, he confessed to the murder of Dr. Bexler. And uh, this deed was found in his clothes. Is this the document you delivered to the doctor? Well, of course, it was in an envelope, and I didn't read it, but it seems to be a deed to a house in Cincinnati. Now, this proves you are telling the truth. Well, then, then it's all over. Yes, poor Dr. Bexler is dead. Well, what should I do with the deed? I suggest you return it to Miss Bexler when you return to Los Angeles. Yes. Of course. I'll do that. I'm sorry there was uh, this misunderstanding. Well, it isn't every day one is accused of murder, I suppose. You are no longer in my custody, Mr. Breckenridge. That's a pity. You have to go back to calculating freight rates. Well, all's well that ends well, as the poet said. Although it sounds better in German. I would like to make a transatlantic call, please. 
yes, yes. Uh, to uh, Miss Maud Bexler in Los Angeles, California. Uh, yes, yes, I'll wait. <laughs> Uh, yes, this is Mr. Breckenridge. She's not. Oh, do you know where she can be reached? Oh? She's en route to Germany. Where? To Cologne. Come in. Thank you. Small world indeed. What brings you here? Uh, a, a very sad event, as you may know. My cousin, um, my only relative, was murdered. I flew here for the funeral. Oh, a most pious act, Miss Bexler. I have here the deed you asked me to deliver. Oh, thank you, thank you. That's your property. You've been most helpful to me, Mr. Breckenridge. I wish I could say that you've been most helpful to me, Miss Bexler. Why, whatever do you mean? Why did you tell the police you didn't give me that document to deliver to your cousin? Oh, that. Yes, that. Well, you see, uh, you see, I, I'm absolutely terrified of the police. Are you? Yes. Once you're involved, it brings nothing but notoriety and scandal. It's best to keep clear of such... But did you stop to think where that would leave me? Well, I'm sorry. I'm truly sorry. I was being accused of murder. When the police officer called that morning, I I was so surprised and frightened that I I lost my head. You you must believe me. I, I, I would have made it all straight later on. Is that a fact? You see, there's no harm done. You're free. It all ended well. Has it ended? Poor Carl. His murderer has confessed, and so I understand the case is closed. Not quite. Why? Is there anything else? Let's see. We have Miss Maud Bexler in Los Angeles, California. We have or had her cousin, Dr. Carl Bexler, in Cologne, West Germany. Miss Bexler is a spy. So is her cousin. Miss Bexler purchases U.S. military secrets and sends them to Dr. Bexler, who in turn sells them here in Europe. That's a lie. Most are sent in wine bottles, or should I say, on wine bottles. Needed is a bottle with a great deal of white on the label. Cordillera answers that requirement. A simple, invisible ink is used. Lemon juice or any strong concentration of acetic acid. Sir, I must ask you to leave. When you discovered that I was leaving for Europe, you made up the story of the dead uncle so that you could give me the deed to deliver. But on the back was an important message in invisible ink. That's a lie. But someone over here must have discovered what Dr. Bexler was doing. Perhaps tried to blackmail him. Or whatever. At any rate, he killed Bexler just before I arrived, and he posed as Bexler. Not one word of this is the truth. Do you know what's on the back of that deed, Miss Bexler? In invisible ink? Apply a little heat to it, and you'll read the specifications for the electronic rangefinder for the latest... That's enough, Mr. Breckenridge. Well, now, that's a pistol. And I know how to use it. 
You expect to get away with anything? Yes. It was self-defense. You're slightly mad anyhow. Eccentric. You came here to kill me for lying about that deed. What could I do? I had to defend myself. Now, I shall start to scream, and then I'll fire. Help! Help! He's going to kill me! Do not shoot, Miss Bexler. All is well. We have him. We have him. He's crazy. A madman in the He wanted to kill me. Well, that, that's a lie. Inspector Smith, that's a lie. That's enough I... out of you. You're under arrest. <laughs> You certainly foul things up. That woman tried to kill me. She's a spy. We know she's a spy. You know? We've been feeding her the wrong information for years. Dr. Bexler's been selling it. I suppose it caught up with him. A professional assassin was hired to take care of him just as you arrived. Then you knew about her all along? We had to get you out from under why did you have to try to solve it? I... Miss Bexler is very valuable to us as a source of misinformation for the enemy. Now she'll have to leave all of her contacts on the West Coast and move somewhere else. Or I could move somewhere else. Really? Where? I... I could open a bookstore here in Cologne. <laughs> I understand it takes years to build up a trade. I understand it takes years to become a first secretary at the consulate. It's not so bad waiting. If you have company. Who says we don't give you happy endings? Here's a story that ended happily for all of the principals. For Elias Breckenridge and Victoria Shakespeare, of course, certainly for Maud Bexler, who is continuing her career as an enemy spy, but working unconsciously for our side. I shall return with another happy thought in just a few moments. emphasis is on ecology, the environment, clean air, pure water, as it should be. But there is another ecology, the ecology of the spirit, the ecology of thought. There is so much emphasis given to the quality of life. How about a little concentration on the quality of the mind? We have exercises for the mind seven times each week right here. Our cast included Robert Dryden, Carol Titel, Bob Caliban, and William Griffiths. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by True Value Hardware Stores. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.